Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning Word with Bishop W.F. Houston, Jr. Many contemporary churches and ministries connect themselves with the name of God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. But many are just going through the motions. Their spiritual loyalty isn't genuine. This morning Bishop Houston is starting a series entitled Playing Church. Let's go in and listen to Bishop Houston. This morning, I want to talk to you on a couple of uh, particular verses in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, the verses I'm speaking about is verses 21 through 23. If you have noticed, there are a high volume of churches and ministries springing up everywhere on social media sites. Social media have become a platform mecca for many and really any and every one who wants to be seen or heard, especially sharing the word of God. You know, I thank God for social media platforms. It has allowed First Lady Denise and I to build a ministry that we believe God chose for us. CHOF ministry has been around for 13 years and in May, 12 of those years, our ministry has been on social media. Many have said and are still saying we're playing church and we thank you for your opinion. You know, during the days Jesus spent on earth, the Pharisees believed that Jesus was a religious imposter. They also didn't recognize him as the Messiah because he didn't keep or accept the traditions that they had added to God's original commands. And because of what they viewed as Jesus' non-fulfillment, of the Messianic prophecies of scripture. And the other factor was he was from Nazareth in Galilee. So let's break this down. What we see here first is the religious leaders and their followers thought of Jesus as a fake preacher. And they felt that way because two, he didn't memorize or, or speak their customary words. Uh, he didn't have a, a brick or and mortar building to teach in, and, and he didn't follow protocol, and, and he didn't attend Pharisee Bible College, and, and he wasn't trained under Elder Smooth, uh, uh, Pastor Longwin, or, or, or Bishop Topnotch. And thirdly, he came from a small town and his family wasn't affluential. And I can add one more. He didn't keep a lot of people in his circle. I'm told he had 12 and one of them was an imposter. I'm also told he had followers everywhere he went. They tell me he fed 4,000 men one time and over 5,000 men and children and women another time. This is the same person that the religious preachers and their followers called an imposter. Or in today's vernacular, he was playing church. Starting today, I'm going to be focusing on the church and ministries 
or the fictitious churches and ministries that are incorporated within the true church and ministry. I think that we have to begin with investigating ourselves to, to see where we really are before we know where we are and what we need to be involved in a real church, a genuine church. Let's uh, look at the word of God and let's let the word of God tell us who is playing church. And so this Sunday, starting today and the next several Sundays, I'll be presenting messages dealing with the church and the ministry. If you have your Bibles, I want you to please make a note of Matthew 7, beginning at verse 21. And during this series, the, most of the Bible verses are going to be coming from the New Living Translation Bible. Let's first look at verse 21. Verse 21 reads this way. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Once again, the word reads, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning as we approach this very important passage of Scripture, may the Spirit of God use it to pierce our hearts like a fish fillet knife that will expose our deepest, close, and personal inner self. So we might know if our relation with Jesus Christ is real or if it's not. God, we pray that Christ will be revered in this particular passage this morning and that he will be exalted just by the sound of his name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The verse we just read uses the word actually. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. The word actually here means really. Those who really do the will of my Father. Not with lip service, but who really do the will of my father. So we will see who is really doing the will of God and who is playing church. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13 that the church becomes very unique. It becomes distinctive. And in this chapter, the church gets its identity also. Now, if you back up and go back to Matthew chapter 12, 
you'll see that the Pharisees and those connected with them had committed the, the, the unforgivable sin of accrediting Satan the works of Christ. And, and he said, you talk bad about me and everything else but talking bad about the Holy Spirit is something you will never be forgiven. In other words, Jesus tells the Pharisees, if you've seen all the things that I've done, if you've seen everything that I've done and, and all the miracles and heard everything I've said and all you can conclude is that I do them by the power of Satan, then you're past the likelihood of being a believer. If you had every revelation and you still haven't accepted, then it's over, it's over for you. There really isn't anything else you can receive. Jesus said to follow me, to see me, to watch me, to listen to me, and, and, and your conclusion is satanic. This puts you out of the category of the possibility of belief. Then we come to Matthew chapter 13. And Matthew chapter 13 brings us to the church age. Here we find that there was a, a major unbelief in Israel that caused the people to be divided and disconnected. We find in this chapter that Christ begins to introduce a cluster of parables that talk about the church age and, 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 and they present the church age as a very distinctive age. The church gets its true identity right here. Jesus talks about the fact that in the church age, uh, there's going to be the wheat and the tares. Uh, that's speaking of the genuine Christians and followers, and we're talking about the actual loyalists and the fake Christians and followers, the actual deceivers and traitors. Jesus shows us that identifying the genuine Christians and followers, and I'm speaking of the real loyalists, and the fake Christians and followers, and I'm speaking of the actual deceivers and traitors, are going to be hard to tell apart. Many of them, you won't be able to tell them apart until God, who is the final judge, decides between them. They're just that deceptive. And then we read about the variety of facets of the church. The mustard seed illustration presents to us the idea that the church is going to explode and is going to be a massive occurrence, including the genuine and the deceptive. We'll see the church age is going to be a peculiar error. It was a, a, a peculiar error back then, and it's just as peculiar today. Under the name church, quote unquote, we have all kinds of things going on today in the church and in the ministries. We still see fake, phony, and fictitious followers and, and, and see deceptive and dishonest and fraudulent preachers and pastors and ministers everywhere. Christ commanded John in Revelation 3.1 to write to the Sardis church and tell them, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead 
Wow. Look at that. Look at that. He said, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. They have a title. They have a name, but they're dead. They're up in the pulpit preaching, up in the pulpit as associate ministers. They're sitting with the deacons. They're standing at the door ushering and the choir stand singing, leading songs. He said, you walk around saying holy, holy and praising God and saying all the right things, doing all the right things in the public. Behind closed doors, you're doing all kinds of things. They're dead. And, and, and you want to know the reason why most churches and ministry today are dead? Well, I'll tell you why they're dead. They're dead primarily because the people within them are dead. Mm -hmm. I would say that the, the, the great majority of churches and ministry and their members in America today probably don't know what it is to be a Christian because they're dead spiritually. Paul says in Ephesians 2, they're dead in sin. So the obvious is manifested. Dead people are going to constitute a dead church. There's no way around it. And you know something else? The church isn't suffering today or dying today because of attacks from the outside. Mm -mm. No. Most churches today, Satan wouldn't even make the bullet to go in the gun to shoot at them. Beloved, most churches and ministries are dead on the inside. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, a vital church and ministry, a living church and ministry, knows Jesus Christ and proclaims his gospel. You see, that kind of church and ministry is always going to be under attack. Because that kind of church and ministry will always be on the conscience of the community. Mm -hmm. A spiritual edifice that's alive, a spiritual edifice that's announcing the message of Jesus Christ is going to become an issue in the community. Now watch this, watch this. Jesus said, what sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds? He said, what sorrows await you who are praised by the crowds? Jesus was speaking to the people pleasers. He's talking to those that aim or try hard to make others happy. Most of the time, the people pleasers will go out of their way to satisfy or appease someone, even if it means lying, deceiving, or using their own valuable time or resources. You know, beloved, I've come to recognize that most of the time the people pleasers act the way they do because they lack self-confidence and, 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 and they're short on self-esteem and they're devoid respect. Mm -hmm. People pleasers. That's what many pastors and ministers are today. People pleasers. Today. Many pastors and ministers are deceivers, trying to line their own pockets. 
The churches and ministries in the world must always be in the opposition mode. Mm -hmm. That's because light and darkness have no fellowship. What agreement have Christ with Belial? There is no relationship. And it's very important to understand this. Paul elucidates it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14, where he brings up the fact that the love of Christ is a very basic issue and that what's really important is that the church is engaged in making new creations out of these dead people. You see, a spiritual edifice that's a real living vital church or ministry is a spiritual edifice that's in the business of taking dead people and connecting them to the gospel. That spiritual edifice believes and have confidence the good news by itself can make spiritually dead people alive. That's the mission of the genuine church and ministry. But you know what we see a lot of today? We see churches and ministries courting the world. We see them telling them about the good things, but never or hardly ever telling them about their sinful nature. Beloved, there is no way biblically under the sun that a church or a ministry can ever go on a date with the world. They should never date the world, but we see it all the time. Let someone come into the church that has wealth or celebrity status. That spiritual edifice will be like a prostitute welcoming a John in a hotel or, 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 or an excited crackhead opening their door for a dope dealer. Every time that person with affluence or celebrity status walk into that church, they can say and do just about anything they want, even their family members are catered to. Hello, Walls. Turn this one and say, take the blinders off. Beloved, the church must be the conscience of the world. The church must be so well defined that it becomes the enemy of the world. It's so true that when the church starts dating the world, it dies. As I read to you from Revelation 3.1, the Sardis church thought it was alive, but it was courting the world. And so it wasn't alive, it was dead. The duty of the spiritual edifice is not only to teach saints. It's also the duty of the spiritual edifice to warn men and women of God's standards. Saints of God, we're not packing prayer and we're not being faithful to the call of God if all we do is promote the abundant life. That's a great component of salvation. Somewhere along the line, We've got to declare that man is a sinner, that he's separated from a holy God, and that in the eyes of God, he's an object of God's judgment. He's a child of wrath, as Paul says in Ephesians. Beloved, we must boldly proclaim Jesus Christ. We must boldly proclaim the truth about Jesus Christ. We must boldly proclaim the truth about man and his sin. This is where we separate from the world. What a great message this morning. Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning Word with Bishop W.F. Houston, Jr. You can find other spiritual words by Bishop Houston on podcast via Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, and more. 
COVID-19 is still here and has intensified. It's important to continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, and avoid large gathering. The love we here at CHOF Ministry encourage you to stay in your bubble. It will keep you out of trouble. Join us here next Sunday as Bishop Houston continues part two of his series, Playing Church. Have a blessed Sunday everyone.